Sharp, your host, Jermaine Colon Mendes. This is my co-host, Nicholas Moran. And as always, we have with us EPE. This is episode 125. That's a miraculous number. And on today's edition, we have Pop Culture Pick'em, Top 5 Recasts, Pick a Character and and actor or actress to replace them with, and AFC East Divisional Breakdown Preview. With that being said, let's check in with Nick. How are you doing this evening, Nick? Yeah, I'm not bad. Um, not really, yeah. Not really a lot. Uh, we learned a lot about uh, Eric pre-show, uh, specifically uh, the two states of being that are Eric. <laughs> number one married and number two whatever so uh that's that's good to know moving forward that uh i can actually inform women now that you know i'm dating around dc that we're whatever and they have to be okay with it because we're not married it's 2022 i'm not really comfortable with putting labels on it so because i'm very gender fluid and it just depends on how I feel that day is, you know, how the relationship's going to be. Isn't yeah. that kind of ironic, though? The generation that wants to label everything doesn't want to label relationships? No, the generation that says they don't want to label anything has a label for literally everything. For it's like unreal. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't smoke cigarettes, but I smoke marijuana, but I don't actually smoke marijuana. I just eat the edibles. So therefore I'm a herbivore homeostasis uh, psychopath. <laughs> psychopath is accurate. <laughs> and I'm just like, just shut the fuck up and do it. Like, why do you have to tell anyone? It's that's what blows my mind with damn near everyone. Everyone's just like, Oh, that, that's the running joke with vegans. Yeah. How do you, how do you know someone's vegan? They sure as fuck gonna tell you. How do you know someone does CrossFit? Just gonna tell you. They sure as fuck gonna tell you. How do you know someone's a CrossFit vegan? Because they're the worst person on the fucking planet, bro. Like, bro, I'm I'm happy for you. You found something you love. You're motivated about it. That's tight. But don't let it be your identity. For the love of God. Anyways, maybe that was a little too deep for this podcast as I pour a tequila shot. What is this? Seven? Seven for the night, ladies and gentlemen? I think so, yeah. So for those of you listening, today is my birthday. I'm the grand old age of 32. For those of you who don't understand French or German, that's 32. That's I know that's I know that I see. Hey, how do you say it? I know that I see. I don't try yeah. Was, that, was that pretty good? Feel good zum Geburtstag, so Jermaine. Einunddreißig birthday. I'm good dreißig Jermaine. No, not even close. Not even close. I love I love numbers in German because they can get you the closest to sounding like aggressively German. Bro, if you're like I'm thousand Jahre well, that's another one actually. <laughs> nine, 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 nine. You ever see that? What's what's that Hitler skit, man? What is that's that? Inglorious Bastards, dude. <laughs> no, what's, says, nine, what's nine, nine. was that in Inglorious? I need to watch it. It was, yeah, because he's talking about. I thought it was a YouTube video. I thought it was a YouTube video. Do you guys no. remember that YouTube video where oh, the whitest kids you know, dude? Yeah. Did you just say I need to watch that movie? Again, I said again. Aaron. Oh, you said again. I was about to have an aneurysm. I've only guys, seen Inglorious Bastards once, so it's allowed to rewatch it. 
Folks, Eric took <laughs> one shot of tequila four hours ago, and he's he's just now coming off the peak of drunkenness. So his his cheeks are flush with liquor right now. <laughs> oh no! And he's doing the guns. He's still drunk. He's the finger guns. He's still drunk. <laughs> All right, we need to check in with Eric. How are you doing this evening, Eric? Apparently, I'm fucking wasted, but I do have a fun fact for you guys. So, students at the University of Purdue have answered the age-old question. I'm going to let you guys take a wild guess. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Oh, Purdue. Shout out, Purdue. Doing the hard-hitting journalism. My answer is exactly 63 licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. Mick? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go with a nice even 50. 336 average licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. Whose tongue are they using? A, a child? <laughs> they did use a. They created. They. Wow, dude, the alcohol is really kicking in. No, they created a mechanical tongue that, that like replicated a, a human tongue, and they used oh. the same one over and over and over again. Nope. Not right. Hey, man. You have you have broke college students. <laughs> you would just pay them to lick lollipops. They created a fucking machine for this. I, oh, so I think what oh, happened was a scientist pissed me off sometimes. They could have paid every single Purdue student twenty dollars, and they would have spent less than on this machine. So my honest theory is that the kids were like perverts, and they were trying to make like a pussy eating machine. And then when they finally failed at that, they were like, well, "What else can we do with this?" They decided to find out how long, how you know, the average it takes to like get to the center of a tootsie pop. That's my theory, though. I don't know, but that's the same thing, isn't? Lick to the center of a tootsie pop a euphemism for eating pussy. Shit. Damn. <laughs> Yo, and a hush befalls the crowd. My guys are both thinking about like, damn, I had never thought about that. They've been training you since you were kids, boys. <laughs> no, dude, no. I, I knew I knew that. I'm shaking my head at Eric's reaction for him to be like, damn. <laughs> That's where I learned how to do it. Yeah, the old the whole hootie owl. Say, <laughs> Mr. Owl, how many leaks does it take to get this in a tootsie pop? The original, well, Willie, if you use your tongue right, the original only a couple. Himself, of, I mean, a couple of licks. The original groomer himself, Mister Al. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, any comment on your idol? <laughs> All right, like Jermaine said, we got we got a great show for you today. We got Paul pop culture pick them. We're gonna go over our top five recasts so to explain eric would you like to take the people through what you mean by top five recasts i do and i'm gonna try to explain it significantly better than i did the five times in pre-show but let's hope (laughs) so um we're picking a movie character and we're gonna recast it with a different actor right but for the sake of the podcast because you know we want to make sure everybody gets a fair shot you can change character. Let's. Oh, I'm just gonna say it like this: If I want to make Doctor Strange Brad Pitt, nobody else can pick Doctor Strange, but somebody else can pick Brad Pitt for whatever character they want to change it to. For the love of God, don't recast Doctor Strange as Brad Pitt. Oh. I'm not going to. That's I would never. Do that. That's why I'm using that example because only a psychopath would do that. So I have I have one counter question before mm-hmm. we actually get into it. Can I recast Daredevil as Ben Affleck? 
<laughs> if I'm recasting MCU's Daredevil. I mean, if you want to be that <laughs> much of a dick about it, then yeah, bro. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> I recast a character that's currently not making movies, but is still a character. Yeah, uh, anything you would wish you could recast it with, and who they and who you'd want it to be recasted with. Okay. All right. So with that, <clears throat> okay, we're good. We're good on the rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're good on the rules. <laughs> All right. So Eric's gonna go first. I'm second, and Nick is last. With that being said, Eric, kick us off. Por favor. So I'm pretty sure we've talked about this on the podcast, and me and Jermaine have spent hours exhausting this. Uh, it, Moon Knight, Shia LaBeouf. It should have. That's what it should have been. So that's my first pick. Yeah, that's a good pick. It's a real good pick. You fucking whore, bro. I, I'm sick of this. He's co-opting all my takes. Yeah, he I is. Have, I have to be original for two people now. You know what the burden that is. Yeah. All right. So I'm number two. The obvious choice is Space Jam Two. Should have been Kobe Bryant, not LeBron James. Man, those are both really good. Those, that's really good, man. I feel a lot of pressure building on Nick. <laughs> oh man! So this, is this, I mean, this is why I asked the question: is that so? I'll give you it, and if you guys don't accept it, I'll I'll, I'll pick another one. I guess that I don't really have one. I love the Daniel Craig adaptation of James Bond, and I think he did a fantastic job. I want to see the next Bond as Idris Elba. Yeah, that's a, that that qualifies. Okay, that counts. Okay, the next Bond I want to be recast as Idris Elba. He would bring in a, a, a physicality to the role that we've never seen as in a Bond character. Like I'm talking running motherfuckers through walls, like punching people in the face. Good Bond. Um, my second pick, and it might be a very, it might, it might be too early to start throwing like dark horses in here. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. David Bowie would have sent that movie into orbit if he took Jared Leto's part. Damn. Apparently, he was offered it. He was too ill to take the role, though, and and obviously ended up dying like a year later. But if he would have been healthy enough to take the villain in Blade Runner 2049 al- alongside an old Harrison Ford, that movie's legendary. Yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, I'm sitting here thinking like, yo, I thought I could do this. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I could just wing this fucking thing. This is insane. Yeah, it is. It's a very difficult question. But if I had to pick one, um, <laughs> maybe, maybe it would be, can I do future? Can I do future picks? Well, like, I mean, I, I just, now, I already did. So yeah. now, now that Chadwick Boseman has passed away, I think Michael, Michael B. Jordan is too big of an actor to be sitting on the sideline for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think Michael B. Jordan should, as Killmonger should take the mantle of Black Panther. So I don't know if that counts, but that's something that I've been on the record saying, and I've actually written the way I would, would do it. So, yeah. I'm, I'm going to let it slide, because, but, I mean, he was Killmonger. So you, if you have to recast, you'd have to recast Killmonger. But it's perfectly fine, because that'd be sick. No, I'm, be recast, sick. I'm recasting Black Panther. 
All right, and I'm kind of upset because you took my next pick. I was gonna do Kevin Hart as the Black Panther, but I guess I guess it'll just that's not meant to be. <laughs> that's so funny, dude. I'm so glad I jumped in, dude. God damn, I would be pissed if you said that out loud. Kevin Hart as the Black Panther. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fucking awesome? Just a high pitched, no. tiny, fucking ridiculous, fucking Black Panther. All right. No. Um. Ah, oh, you're gonna hate this, but I want to see Liam Neeson in the Marvel Universe. Why and would I think we hate I, that? Yeah, because I think I'm gonna. I would like to see him as like if he would go full set and shave his head as like Professor X. All right, that's your pick. I don't see that at all, bro. So you're gonna take. One of the most badass characters in all of cinema history and constrain him to a wheelchair? Yeah. I think he'd do a good job. I think he'd be terrible. He would be a fire magneto, though. I oh man. Ooh. That's just my that's just my opinion. That's where Ooh, I thought you were gonna go. I thought that's, that's a good one. That is a good one, yeah. I was just trying I, to think of older cats. I was like, yo, Liam Neeson as Magneto would be outstanding. Yeah. Would that be not, that, not that he wasn't played very well, but... No, and both, both people who have played Magneto have crushed it. It's all, Magneto is also one of my favorite characters. But So when you, like, you hit me with the name value of Liam Neeson, like Qui-Gon Jinn, you know what I mean? Fucking yeah. Aslan from uh, Chronicles of Narnia. Motherfucker can find anyone if you just leave some bubble gum in a room. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure he trained wolves in a movie. Like, <laughs> like what can't Liam Neeson do? Right. <laughs> but, yo, hey, on that note, though, Liam Neeson could probably do Professor X. 100%. Yeah, 100% could, yeah. I like Is the Magneto Neeson pick, though. Neeson. 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 I always say his Liam name wrong. Neeson. I, I always say his name wrong. I don't know what it is, bro. Liam Neeson. Yeah. All right. Okay. And then with my third pick, I would do. <laughs> yeah, you would. Will Smith. Yeah, you would. As Neo. You would do him so hard. Will okay. Smith as Neo. Wasn't that the fan cast? No, that was the no, original no, offer. He turned it down. It. He turned it down to do. Yeah. Turn oh, it down. So Wild, Wild, no, he turned it down to do Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West. Yeah. <laughs> we could have Eric, which, by the way, is a fire movie, okay? Eric hates that movie. I don't know I why. I love that movie. Good. I think he hates it because he wanted Will Smith to be Neo, though. Not because the movie is bad. I think <laughs> Wild Wild West is just a fire movie, though. It's a fun-ass movie, bro. <laughs> Eric, do you not have fun watching that movie? No, dude. Only when fucking What's-Her-Name is on screen. Oh, well, hold on. Eric, do you have fun watching that movie? Yes. Because you said no, only when that means son, there's a little bit of fun in that movie. Dude, I, I, it's an entertaining movie. I get it. But, dude, can you imagine Black Ass Will you Smith as Neo? You just hate Will Smith. No, I don't. Yes, you I do. want him as Neo. He Will just Smith was in the Matrix. You would have hated him there, too. Nah. Hell nah. <laughs> Oh, God damn. This is deteriorating very quickly. 
I'm really trying to think of like misses for actors in movies. And I just can't think of anything. I'm trying to think of actresses too. And mm. yeah. On the spot is much harder than when you are just sitting there. I mean, it doesn't help that I lost Moon Knight off the rip, though. I'm fucking, I'm on the ropes, dog. I'm trying to fucking backpedal and fucking figure this out. Let's see. Just give me a movie. I can recast somebody. <laughs> oh, man. I would like to see. I I got a pass, dude. I don't I don't know any movies right now. I'm blanking on everything. Instead of Chris Hemsworth and Extraction, give me um, give me Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Yo, he is yoke nowadays. Are we really doing this? Oh, okay. Kevin Hart as fucking Black Panther. Get the fuck out I of here. I didn't actually put it on my list. Yo, you could skip it. I gotta Google movies. Alright, here's the thing. I, I know this is I know this is probably not a good one, but I just want to see what else he could have made. I want anyone else as the Joker in Batman. Because I don't want to fucking lose Heath Ledger. Just give me anybody else. Let's sacrifice fucking Gordon Joseph Levitt. I don't care. Just give anybody else as the Joker so we can get a couple more movies with Heath Ledger. Damn. I know. That made this very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A fun one that I like, I don't know if I want him recast, but a fun one that I would love to see, uh, there, there was apparently a Hollywood rumor that Leonardo DiCaprio passed on Boogie Nights and the role eventually went to Mark Wahlberg. I can't imagine that movie. So I want to see Leo Leo in Boogie Nights. I think from what I remember reading, I think he passed for the full frontal nudity. Oh. And Marky Mark was I mean, I mean, Mark was already doing that. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, it's the Calvin Klein ad minus the Calvins. Right. <laughs> uh, wait, what movie was this? Boogie Nights, dude. Boogie Nights. Reynolds. I haven't seen Boogie Nights. Skate Good movie. Chick, Skate Girl. Movie. Mm. Man, I is really... that your is that your pick, Nick, for your fourth pick? That is my pick. Yeah. I am. Uh... Oh, apparently, Eric. You know them. You know the role of Roller Girl. That yeah. Heather Graham played. Gwyneth Paltrow got got uh, offered. So we would have we would have just seen Gwenny topless all movie. Uh, wish, yeah. Oh, that's what it was. I read the article. It was um, that one chick from Saved by the Bell did Showgirls and it tanked, and then it forced Leo to not want to do Full Frontal because he felt like uh-huh. it was going to be kind of like a Showgirls type bomb at the at the, and then it made Mark uh-huh. Mark what he was. Yeah, there you go. Interesting. Yeah, I'm still drawing. It's it's back to you, Jermaine. I'm still drawing blanks, dude. I'm fucking playing without a loaded gun right now. This is outrageous. Uh, Let's see. Let's see. God. 
you know, it's funny is I've sat there and been like, yo, this person would have been way better than this person. <laughs> I know. All the time. I do it regularly. And now when Dude, it's like. Apparently, <laughs> apparently Matt Damon was supposed to play the lead role in Avatar. Ugh, fuck that movie. Um, you say Jermaine, now. Every Marvel movie, you're always like, it could be this person. I know. I'm drawing blanks right now. Just give someone give me a character. Uh, Harvey Dent. In the Dark Knight. Harvey Dent in the Dark Knight? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't Gandalf know. Eric, in Lord of the Rings. Aaron Eckhart did such a good job. Those are both fucking iconic <laughs> roles, dude. Those are like... Uh, Gandalf, Gandalf, I could probably recast. All right, here's a good one. one. Here's a good one. John McClane in Die Hard. Instead of Bruce Willis? <laughs> Who oh could do that? Goodness. Oh my goodness. But it has to be in the 80s. Jean Claude right? so Van Damme? It has to be someone in the 80s. I'm just giving you movies. Uh, uh, it, no, hold on, hold on. Is it in yeah. the 80s? Because yeah, I'll, be I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll say Patrick Swayze. That probably would have been good. He, you probably had to pay him too much back then, though. Because he, he was the king big, of the 80s. He was too big a star at that point. He was too big a star. That made Bruce Willis a star. Right. But I think Patrick Swayze would kill that role, though. Drop down, have a couple laughs. It'll be a great time. Yeah, one hundred S W A Y Z. Uh, Patrick. Oh, here's another one for you. Patrick Bateman, American Psycho. Christian instead of Christian Bale. Instead of Christian Bale. <laughs> nah, Bale. Instead, Bale instead, instead of Christian Bale. The, the next person I would probably – I have two choices, both from Moondock Saints. Okay. Uh, Willem Dafoe or Norman Reedus. Okay. Oh, man. that's a, The Willem Dafoe pick's a good pick. Willem Dafoe, but he's not handsome enough. But Norman Reedus can play unhinged characters very well. Right. He's, he's good looking when you clean him up and he's not wearing fucking Walking Dead uh, right, right. shit stains for three days. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I just I can't think of a movie right because usually it's movies that I didn't really like that need the recast. And if I don't like movies, I don't spend time hating shit. I just don't think about them when I'm, when I'm thinking about this stuff. But like Selfless with Ryan Reynolds probably should not have been Ryan Reynolds in my opinion. I love Ryan Reynolds. I don't think it should have been him. So who should have been? <laughs> um. <laughs> that's an interesting choice. That that's all over the place. I think Miles Teller would have been fire in that movie. Oh, that's a good pick. It's a good pick. We'll do Miles Teller and Selfless. Okay. Yeah, right, I think, so I, think I'm, I think I'm caught up. Yeah, you're just gonna have to think of a character and give me that, and I'll think of somebody to replace. I can't. So think I'm really, I'm really pissed because I I picked Liam Neeson for Professor X, but I just had this thought in my head: What if Stanley Tucci did it? Stanley Tucci as Professor X would be a fire fucking choice, bro. That'd be sick, huh? If you want to change it, you can. Nah, I'm just going to pick. I wish Jeff Goldblum would move into the role that Morgan Freeman has occupied for so long as God. <laughs> I want Jeff Goldblum to be God in every movie from now on where there's a God character. I like that. That's funny as fuck. Yeah, that's a good pick. So not so just just future casting. Yeah, just anytime there's like an old character that needs to play a wise god, let it be Jeff Goldblum. 
And don't switch up any of your acting, Jeff. Just do what you do. It is decreed, okay? And then for my final pick... <sighs> man, this is tough. This is real tough. I'm going to say something. The Equalizer, as much as I love Denzel... He wasn't it. Was he wasn't right it. Choice. His son should have done it. His son should have done it, or... That instead of fucking Tenet. Wesley Snipes. Tenet is outstanding. You shut your fucking dumb mouth. <laughs> Respectfully, of course. Respectfully. You want Wesley... You want Wesley Snipes as the equalizer? That'd be sick, dude. Anytime and then, you Wesley And especially because, like... And you, you know how on the cheap, too. <laughs> a lot of that movie's filmed in the dark, so he would have, like, that extra added sense of, like, stealth. You know what I mean? <laughs> Why, <Eric? laughs> I mean, we all know. Why, why would he be so stealthy versus Denzel? He's a, and... he's, a, he's a chocolatey king, bro. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> because he played a vampire hunter, Nick. Obviously. Oh, right. That's right. <laughs> all right. Uh, it's, it's, is it back to you, Jermaine, right? It's, it's mine, and I, I have a legitimate answer this time. Okay. In the era of woke casting, instead of creating new and exciting dynamic characters for those cultures... Uh, we'll go ahead and stick with the woke casting scenarios. In this scenario, I want Giancarlo Esposito as the Joker in the Suicide Squad. Good pick. Yeah. I mean, really, really anybody, just anybody, not Jared Leto. <laughs> I think that's what I think that's what this podcast is determined. Look, I liked what Jared Leto did with the Joker. But that movie sucked all around. So, but Jared Leto played a very specific part of the Joker. Every single Joker that's been portrayed on television has, they've picked one aspect of the Joker and they leaned heavily into it. Jack Nicholson was the crime boss. Heath Ledger was the agent of chaos. Whereas Jared Leto's was the psychopath, the, the, the off the hinge, none of it made sense. Even when he did things, it still didn't make sense. And he was just he was just unhinged. That's what Jared Leto's role played. The problem with the Joker is, and the reason why they never, ever actually get it right, is he's such a complex character that in a two-and-a-half-hour movie, you can't do him justice. So, But if you know the Joker the way the Joker is, there's literally a fucking comic called The Three Jokers. And you can literally take Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, and Jared Leto's performance and have The Three Jokers. So the people who don't like Jared Leto is because we had all-time great performances from an all-time great actor in Jack Nicholson. We had an all-time great performance from Heath Ledger who would have been an all-time great actor who is probably still an all-time great actor. Uh, posthumously, but Jared Leto stepped into it. Jared Leto is an outstanding, diverse actor. Whoever they casted for that movie was fucked. Heath Ledger was fucked, and the only reason Heath Ledger was unfucked, as as shitty as it is, is because he passed away. So this was everyone's this was his magnum opus, and everyone got to see it unfold live in arguably the greatest superhero movie ever. So that changed it. But a lot of people don't remember, just like they hated Chris Evans casting for Captain America, and now people are like, oh, I can't see I can't see anyone else playing Captain America. 
They hated it. Ben Affleck was the same way with Batman, crushed it. Henry Cavill got shit on as a Superman pick. Now we can't imagine Superman is head without Henry Cavill. Daniel Craig was the first blonde Bond, and everybody went ballistic. And then he fucking murdered it. You know what I mean? Like so, it's it's this retroactive thing, but nobody remembers leading up to it. Everyone was just like Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger, and I'm like, yes, you know, the terrific actor Heath Ledger, the dude who is paid to perform. A myriad of roles. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, fuck, people, people got mad at Ewan McGregor because they said he couldn't fill the gap between the Obi Wan character he played and Alan Guinness. It was like the motherfuckers already played the role, <laughs> and he's older. He's like ten years older. He literally fits the role. And people were like, I don't know. This, so this is what I always say. I may not agree with it at the beginning, but I reserve my judgment until I've actually seen what they put on on the on the product. Right. Is Jared Leto the best Joker? Absolutely not. That's not what I'm sitting here and saying. But am I sitting here and saying that Jared Jared Leto brought something entirely different to a character we've seen perfected twice before? Yes. Am I saying that he was as bad as as people said it was? No. The script they wrote was fucking horrendous. You give him a series, you give him eight episodes in a season, and he is one of the greatest characters in television history. You give him three movies, and he's one of the best villains we've ever seen. 100%, and that's the problem. The movie was shit. The script was shit, and it was written in such a shit way that the 10 minutes of Jared Leto you had on screen time, I think he was only in the movie for like 10 to 15 minutes. And for some reason, everyone, everyone's like, Jared Leto's fucking awful. How could well, he not even that? a focus on his character. Like He, he was like the, the 12th build character. How can you... That's what you walked away with, but it's because that character holds such an incredibly special pace in two different generations of, of Americans. You know, and it's not just Americans, it's worldwide. It's two different generations. You had two all-time great performances... And they weren't as spaced out. I still stand by it to this day. I'm not saying Jerry Little was amazing, but the reason why it gets a bad rap is if you don't deliver an A plus plus performance in the role of the Joker, you're going that movie's going to fail. Walking Phoenix had to go full fucking crazy for that movie not to fail. <laughs> yeah, he almost pulled a almost pulled a Heath Ledger. Bro, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like and it's because and I'll say, like, the, the nerd culture and nerd community, the problem was is everyone who's been a nerd for their whole life was ridiculed for most of it, right? It wasn't until 2011 that – 2011, really, when being a nerd was, was fucking cool, right. right? And so those people are overly protective of the intellectual properties that – sustained them when they weren't they weren't getting that that you know the reciprocation from their interactions with their peers so these ips held them down they kept their minds sane and they found solace in these characters that were written and that's why these people get so feverish you know fanatical when it comes to discussing them and describing them and that's how you end up with these polarized individuals who are always upset at everything and it's because they have such, you know, an attachment to something that has made them, that has 
literally molded them to who they are now. You know, they're taught morals through these stories. They're taught the good and bad. They see the sacrifices that heroes have to make. And, you know, they get drastically attached to it. And it's fantastic. But that's also where you get that nasty side of it as well. But anyways, that's my spiel on that. After that that incredibly uh, awesome wordy rant, I guess I'm going to follow it up some caveman English for my last pick here. (laughs) Go ahead, brother. I have, two, I have two picks. I have two picks, and I, I need you guys to help me decide it. And because I'm the last pick, and therefore would get an honorable mention, I'm allowed to do this. <laughs> Denzel Washington. Is, so, so we're talking about right now in a culture of Hollywood and a culture of network TV in which we have wokeness, right? Give me Denzel Washington as Brad Pitt's character in Seven, or and. Stop the wokeness discussion. <laughs> or Harrison Ford is Dr. Alan Grant in Jurassic Park. A Harrison Ford, Steven Spielberg meetup in Jurassic Park. I don't think Denzel would have been good for the rookie detective in seven. I think Harrison Ford as. It's fucked up because I agree. Like, that was one of like the defining roles for Brad Pitt's career. Like, you take that away from him. Like, but Harrison Ford as Dr. Box. Grant would be lit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really think – no offense against Sam Neill. I think Sam Neill did a great job. But Harrison Ford in that role – I mean, I, I mean, I mean I, what, what can we say about the movie that's one of my favorite movies of all time? <laughs> And, yeah. and up until and up until you know you had like Jermaine just talked about nerd culture professional podcast and nerd culture drove the Avengers through the goddamn roof drove drove all through these superheroes throughout the roof in what two thousand what eleven Jermaine for when was the first Avenger or when uh, was the first Avengers Iron Man oh, the first Avengers was two thousand eleven yeah. well Iron Man also blew it off it was like two thousand six was Iron Man right two thousand eight Avengers was two thousand eleven but what we forget about is since 1993, Jurassic Park held the top spot for highest grossing movie for a very, very long time. I think Titanic might have been the only movie to knock it off. Yeah, it was Titanic that knocked it off, yeah. Yeah. Titanic was a fucking gigantic blockbuster of a movie. Uh, right. So I, I misspoke. Avengers was actually 2012. Okay. But Iron Man was 2008, and that's when the inklings of people were like, whoa, these superheroes are actually pretty cool. What do you got going on in these comic books over here? <laughs> and then 2012, when Josh Whedon direct, wrote and directed an outstanding fucking Avengers film. Yeah, it, it, there's always things that could be better in any film, and no matter what film it is. Even the greatest film of all time, Shawshank Redemption, could be better. But... Um, yeah, you know, Avengers fucking sent that thing through the moon. It's the it, and the, and now I was telling my friends this is now you're starting to see people who were very unfamiliar with the product at the time and unfamiliar with the concept that Marvel was doing building this unified universe of movies. They now have become quote unquote experts on it and so naturally with the conclusion of phase three and infinity war it's only going to go downhill because now people have expectations 
Now they're plugged into every news piece that's coming out. Now they're not willing to let the story breathe and be told. And a lot of the things and flaws that Marvel had in their initial movies are being pointed out in these new movies. And I'm like, well, it's been like that this whole time. It's just not new and exciting to you anymore. And and one one of the biggest... One of the biggest, we're going to look back and when Marvel stops producing as much content as it is now, we're going to look back and be like, one of the biggest downfalls for Marvel was that one and a half, two year gap window of COVID. Because all that did was lead to fan speculation to such an enormous height that no matter what Marvel delivered, it was never going to live up to the expectations. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Mar- Marvel was playing ahead, right? For phase one, two, and three, Marvel was ahead, right? No one knew what was coming. Constant surprises, new actors, awesome character development for the heroes. The villains need some work, uh, need some love. Um, but now everyone's caught up and Marvel is covered into the ground now. Like, you can read or watch anything you want about Marvel, speculations, rumors, Easter eggs, potential castings, potential not castings, director changes. It's insane. And everyone engorges on this because we're just such a content ferocious, you know, uh, society that now know that what a fan created in his room by himself without knowing the grander scheme of it all, everyone's going to say it's better. And uh, so we're the superhero bubble will pop here soon. Uh, but thankfully, because of the way streaming has diversified portfolios and the way that people are um, almost incentivized to live in such a content-rich realm – that superhero movies won't be going away, but they will be going the way of Westerns very sooner rather than later. And the bubble's going to pop sooner than I thought initially. Uh, and it's going to be unfortunate, but man, was the ride fucking fun. I mean, I saw a fucking Shang-Chi fight a fucking dragon, and that was awesome. <laughs> and somehow people are like, that movie sucked. I'm like, what more do you want? We saw a Kung Fu dude fight a fucking dragon. <laughs> like what is going on? That's sick. Like it's a, it's a movie. It's entertainment. We're supposed to enjoy the, this shit, and people take it so goddamn seriously now. That, but anyways, that's the second rant for the day. You can tell the tequila's kicking in. <laughs> Pour another shot. Jermaine's drunk. He's gonna rant, bro. I dude, I love I love nerd culture, but there you know, there's definitely flaws. As I pour another tequila shot. All right. So, Eric, read us the list that we came up with. Mine was an absolute dud, so you can probably skip that one. But go ahead. So I had Moon Knight, Shia LaBeouf, Liam Neeson, regrettably as Professor X, Will Smith as Neo, Jeff Goldblum as any god character, and Wesley Snipes as the Equalizer. Jermaine had Kobe in Space Jam 2, Michael B. Jordan as the Black Panther, Patrick Swayze as Die Hard, or in Die Hard, Miles Teller in Selfless, and Giancarlo Esposito as the Joker in The Suicide Squad. Nick had uh, any Bond movie with Idris Elba, David Bowie as uh, or in Blade Runner 2049, anyone besides Ledger in The Dark Knight, which crushes my soul to hear, Leo in Boogie Nights, and Harrison Ford in Jurassic Park. That wraps up the pop culture pick for tonight. Now we can move into the AFC East breakdown. Jamie Foxx is Green Lantern. 
<laughs> no, that man can do anything. That man can do anything. No, you do John Stewart instead of yeah. Kyle instead of Kyle yeah. Rayner. Yeah. Or sorry, Hal Jordan. You do John Stewart instead of that, and you open the movie with Jamie Foxx as a as a Marine sniper in Afghanistan. Yeah. Right. I'm just saying that movie would be infinite times better than Ryan Reynolds. Can't do that anymore. We're not in Afghanistan. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Thanks, Obama. (laughs) I love the the subtle nuance of that Obama rip. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get into the AFC East preview, seeing as we went a little long with that pop culture pick. It's my fault for ranting. Let's go ahead and get right into it. So we're doing the AFC East, as I just said. Last year's division rankings, oh, they reset. Why would it go to NFL 2022? We're not even in 2022. All right, so Buffalo finished top of the division, 11-6. and six. Ten, New England Patriots came in second with a surprise finish of 10-7 and seven behind rookie quarterback Mac Jones. The three seed was the Dolphins, who actually started 1-7. They finished 9-8. and eight. And the fourth seed was the New York Jets, four and thirteen. So, with that being said, we'll go ahead and kick things off with the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, in free agency, lost Mitchell Trubisky to Steelers, Matt Breida to the Giants, Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders has departed. They've gotten younger at the wide receiver receiver position, and Daryl Williams is no longer on the team. John Feliciano went to the Giants, Mario Addison to the Texans, Jerry Hughes to the Texans as well. F.A. Obata went to the Commanders, Vernon Butler to the Raiders, and Harrison Phillip to the Vikings. Starla Tuile and A.J. Klein are no longer on the roster, and Levi Wallace went to the Steelers. Nick, how does that Starla Tuile feel? I mean, he's, yeah. I mean, he's been bouncing around for a while. He's got a hole in his heart anyway. I wouldn't sign him. Yep, so the Buffalo Bills acquired Case Keenum via trade. They signed Matt Barkley to a a one-year deal. I'm not sure why. Dolphins running back Duke Johnson to a one-year deal. Jets wide receiver Jamison Crowder to a one-year deal. Roger Saffold, one year. Greg Mance, one year. Buccaneers tight end O.J. Howard to one year. Tim Settle, defensive tackle, two years. Jordan Phillips from the Cardinals, one year. Markel Lee, one year from the Raiders. Vaughn Miller, six years, $120 million, with an unbelievable amount of voided years that they can get out of with almost no penalty. And quarterback Siren Neal, three years, $10.9 million. All right, Nick, do you uh, hold on before we get into that? Eric, do you have the odds for them? Yeah, so the over is minus 140, the under is plus 120, and the line has been set at 11 and a half. Oof. That's actually a really high number. Uh, all right, so, Nick, go ahead and walk us through the schedule. I know the Bills have a hellacious schedule. Yeah, I mean, it's a brutal schedule. All right, so, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll take you through the bye week, week seven. All right, here's our first six games. At the Rams, home for the Titans, two games, Dolphins, Ravens, home against the Steelers, and then at Kansas City. After the bye week, week eight, home against Green Bay, at the Jets, two home games, Vikings and Browns, two road games, Tigers and Patriots, two home games, Jets and Dolphins, two road games, Bears and Bengals, and then they finish the season at home against the New England Patriots. Before the bye week, 
pretty awful after the bye week, looking pretty nice for the Buffalo Bills. Get ready for that playoff run. I think 11 and a half is doable. Let's go ahead and walk through this. So, are we? I think they go five and one in this division. Okay. I think the only loss they have is to Miami in Miami. Okay. Does anyone agree? Uh, yes, I agree. Okay. So that gives them five wins out of uh, six. No, I, I, I say they go four and two. I think they lose in New England. I'm willing to take that bet. By the it's way. it's uh, that it's 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 that it's that throw your hands up. How they lose that game? Okay. When, when when tell me what game the at New England is? What's what's before right. it and what's after it? Week thirteen at Detroit and then after is versus New York. The Jets. Correct. Mm. <laughs> That's a bad sandwich, bro. But I get it. I get it. So we'll go four and two for posterity's sake. For our future kids. Well, here let's. I mean, here let's 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 break it down. They open the they open the season at L.A. at the Rams. I think that's a dub. Okay, home Titans. Easy dub. At Dolphins. Dub. Oh at no! Ravens. Nope. Sorry. Loss. <laughs> at Ravens. Oh, that's a fun matchup. That's a dub, though. Home Steelers. Oh, that's a dub. At KC. If Mitchell Trubisky is starting that game, that's an absolute dub. At KC is interesting. I don't think KC has the juice that they had last year. Let's go ahead and give that to the uh, Bills. Bye week, correct? Bye week, correct. Coming out of the bye week, uh, home Green Bay. They don't have as much juice either. I think that's a win. I'm just going to start listing off teams in this next stretch. (laughs) I don't – you don't need to know where they're at. Uh, Jets, Minnesota, Browns, Lions. Dub, dub, dub. I think uh, – oh, so I think they could lose to the Browns depending on the Deshaun home. Watson situation. Okay, home Browns. It just depends if Deshaun Watson's playing. Okay. Week 13. At, well, but right now we'll say we'll, – because it's not looking too favorable for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, no, no. I'm, saying, I'm saying dub. I'm saying that's the okay. one question, Gart. Okay, at Patriots. Well, we we I I acquiesced and said they'll lose that. So okay, that's a. Lot. I'm just gonna list teams in order now: <laughs> Jets, <laughs> Dolphins, Bears, Bengals, Patriots. Four and one. We're saying. I, mean, I, I I I think they win. I think they well. I, okay, I think they might hit a they might hit a speed bump in week 18 because they're they're getting because they're benching players. They're so, resting people. Yeah. So four and one still stands then. Are we saying the Bills go fifteen and two? Uh, oh no, I thought we had thirteen and and four. Did we only pick one loss? No, no, we picked loss, loss in Miami, loss uh-huh. in New England. I said they would lose to the Bengals oh, in that, right. that, yeah. that yeah. back stretch. Fourteen, and, fourteen then, and three. And then I said possibly the Browns, but I think there's another. Maybe the Ravens beat them, so I'm going to give them a fourth loss. I think they go thirteen and four. But they're well above eleven and a half. Yeah, comfortably. <laughs> comfortably. So, uh, obviously, I'm going over. Eric, put me down for over. Uh, that's an easy goddamn choice. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Eric, any thoughts? You're muted, my man. Yeah, there is one bet that I'm putting in. Uh, put some pizza money on. It is the Buffalo Bills at plus 3,500 to have a perfect season. 
I'm riding it out. I don't it's think only, anybody's... It's only 3500 And that's yeah. not... I mean, I, like, like, looking at this schedule, you could lose it week one, Eric, at the Rams. Or you could... I, mean, I could see it. I could see it going the whole season. I, I will say, I don't think that's a bad bet. I'm just shocked at how low those odds are. I'm almost more interested in, in what an eight... Or is it 17? In what a 17-game all-bills dubs parlay with. I almost, I would almost wager those odds are higher. No. Yeah. I mean, I can try to look. I, that. I, I, no, I, I can even, I can even say if you probably, I, I don't know how many weeks they have audited out so far. They have odds. No, you talking about spread. But if it's for, if if you've spread for six weeks, you could probably get above thirty five hundred. Just yeah. dub 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 dub. For sure. No, but I think that's a fantastic bet, Eric. I, like, I would wish the thirty five hundred was higher since you're taking such a drastic risk. Like any one game, any one injury can sway that so heavily that it's almost preposterous. But you know, maybe you do a seventy leg parlay and see what that odds are. We'll, we'll follow up next week <laughs> to see what that would come out to. I'll look into it. <laughs> um. We'll pause here because Nick Nick stepped away to use the restroom. So I want to issue a, a Nick talks out of his ass for last week's podcast. Uh, we probably shouldn't have gone all in on – well, when I say we, I probably should not have gone in all in on the Browns um, without having a clear picture on Deshaun Watson. So I reserve the right to change my answer once I have the full scope of it. But if Deshaun Watson's only six – or eight games suspended, I'm I'll still ride the Browns pick since that's what I think. But if he's done for the season, I reserve the right to change that pick, and I will follow up with the the studious listeners. Now we'll we'll track the original bet, which is not going to hit, obviously. But you know, I, I want to to I, you know not armed with all the information that bet we did that division when the decision was made, and then the NFL rightfully so. Um, appealed it, and so now we're sitting here. Well, I'm sitting here, dick in hand. I'm gonna be honest. There's a lot of alerts that pop across my phone during the day. If I see D. Watson or Watson or Deshaun, I'm looking at every single one of them. Yeah, 100. That sways a lot. Like that, this decision will be a lot, and I'm starting to think that Deshaun Watson does not play this year which is what I thought should have happened, but I th- felt like the NFL should have just handed him that out from the beginning <laughs> instead of this whole back and forth, uh, you know, uh, unassociated arbitrator, this whole shenanigans that's happening. Uh, but we'll follow back up with Deshaun before the season starts. Rest your rest your pretty little head. We'll follow back up. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have the executive producer make a note for us. Who is still recovering from this one shot? My goodness, bro, are you good? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. You look floored, my guy. <laughs> okay, so we cover the Bills. Nick's back. Let's go ahead and get into the New England Patriots, who I said at the beginning started uh, finished the season last year ten and seven, good for second in the division. Some of the departures they had: Jared Stidham was traded to the Raiders. Uh, that is where new offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels resides as the head coach. Next two players, uh, Brandon Bolden and Jacob Johnson, also signed with the Raiders. They traded Nikhil Harry to the Bucks. They traded Shaq Mason to the 
uh, sorry, they traded Nikhil Harry to the Bears, Shaq Mason to the Bucks. Ted Karras was one of the pieces the Bengals signed for that offensive line rebuild. Chase Winovich was traded to the Browns, who is uh, a very good third, second or third pass rusher next to Miles Garrett. You have Jamie Collins and Donta Hightower, who are not on any roster currently. You have Kyle Van Noy on the Chargers and J.C. Jackson on the Chargers. All right, so let's see some of the additions that they made. Let me pull them up. New England. So they added Brian Hoyer. Uh, shocker, he's he's been their backup for what feels like ages. They signed Ty Montgomery from the Saints. They re-signed James White. Hopefully he gets back soon. Uh, they signed Trent Brown to two years, $13 million deal. They signed James Ferentz. Uh, they traded for Mac Wilson from the Browns. Uh, Jawan Bentley, the way they spell that name is awesome, uh, signed a two-year deal. Terrence Mitchell, Malcolm Butler both signed back with the Patriots. Devin McCourty signed a one-year deal. Matthew Slater, special teams ace, signed a one-year deal. And kicker Nick Folk signed a two-years, $5 million deal. Okay, Eric, can you give us the odds for the New England Patriots this year? Yeah, so the over is minus 125. The under is plus 105, and the line has been set at 8.5. Oh, the over is a favorite. 8.5. Yeah, they, they're they're valuing the losses a lot. All right, let's go through here the schedule. We'll go we'll go week by week like we did, right? So we can give you guys what what we think is a podcast week by week. Uh, if we can hit the win total, week one at Miami. Oh. Ooh, that's a loss. New week England doesn't two. travel well to Miami as well. So, week two at Pittsburgh. Ooh, that is a fascinating matchup. I'm gonna give this one to New England. Okay, home against Baltimore. Oh, that's a loss. At Green Bay. I think that's a loss. Eric's <laughs> just. He's just holding up the house for all of them. <laughs> Home against Detroit. Oh, that's a win. Oh, Eric can't put up a W. All right, all right. At Cleveland. I, yeah, I think that's an L, even if Deshaun does Week play. six. So Deshaun's not even back yet, right? I still think it's an L without Deshaun. Uh, at home against Chicago. Oh, that's for Chicago. New York Jets. Dub. No. Zipper Zacky Will at home. I, I'm going to give the upset to the Jets. So three and five now, right? Right, yeah. Home against the Colts. Yeah, that's a loss. I agree, Eric. The New England Patriots are three and six going to a week 10 bye. Week 11, home against the Jets. You're giving them another loss to the Jets? Nah, they yeah. get the dub this time. At home, they get the dub, yeah. So that's four and six. At Minnesota. L. I think they get bodied. Four and seven. Versus Buffalo. L. Oh, L. Four and eight. At Arizona. L. Wait, wait. You said after week, what is this? Uh, this is week 14. No, oh, a w. they get a dub. Yeah. So that's, that's what? Five and... What did I say? Five and five and eight. Five and is it five and eight or five and nine? Five and eight. Okay. At the Raiders. Loss. Oh, that's a loss. 
Josh Five and nine. Eat Bill Belichick's lunch. Home against the Bengals. Loss. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I agree. Eric, I'm going with Eric. At Five the and Bengals. Ten. Five and ten. Home against the Bengals or home against the Dolphins. Home against the Dolphins? Yeah. Late season, Dolphins injury is probably stacked up. I'm going to go with the dub on that one. At Buffalo to end the season. Loss. Oh, that's a wrap, dog. Now, does Buffalo rest players? No. They're going for they're going for seventeen and zero. Eric saying they're going for seventeen zero. That's a good question. I'm gonna pencil it in as a. All right, what's what is it at right now without the Buffalo game? What is their win loss record? So we have a choice. It's six and ten before the Buffalo game. So either way, they're hitting under. So either way, they're going under. That doesn't really matter. So let if you if you give them the dub, let's say that's one of Buffalo's four losses. Seven and ten. Seven and ten. Wow. Pencil me in for the under. I'm fading big pop of Bill this year, bro. Billy Ballgame ain't calling ball game at all. He's about to get bodied in the snow. I'm loving it, bro. Fuck it. I'm under. Why is yours bolded, Eric? Are you that confident? <laughs> he's like, he's like, they're not even getting six. <laughs> right. I, I don't think I, I honestly think they win four games this year. Of note, of note, Bill Belichick with of note with with uh, with Bill Belichick uh, in his time in New England, they've only had one, or sorry, they've only had two losing seasons. Okay, it's always time for a third. You listen to the player, the staple players that left, right? You listen to the the most important piece that left, which is. The assist the offensive coordinator, right? We talked about it earlier today. It's your take. I'll let you give it. But clearly this team isn't doing well. They're not going to do well. They don't have a play caller. They don't have I've been the, reading the I've been reading the reports out of training camp and Eric and I were talking about this and and Eric was already low on them before. And then we had this discussion. And he was like, shit. Because Eric has Mac Jones. I think that's how we got into the conversation from the Oh, is Max Jones' offensive line not being able to block for him? Yeah, so they the, can't de- block for him. the departures they had – so the, everything that's coming out of camp, this this is the laundry list, right? They can't block. They can't run the football. They are plagued with drops. They're, they have the most money spent on receiving core per Warren Sharp. I believe they're at $77 million. When you go look at the list of names, it's it's Hunter Henry, John Smith, Devontae Parker, uh, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. Uh, Their Ty- number one wide receiver Ty- is Jacoby Myers. Tyquan Thornton, okay. Jacoby Myers is there. And they have the, the reports out of <laughs> – the reports out of training camp are none of them can separate, right? Okay. Their, their red zone offense is terrible. There is no direction on the offensive side of the ball because Josh McDaniels isn't there anymore. I, like, the list went on and on and Let me on flip and it. On. Let me flip it. No separation. That's great. That's that's great. Uh, that's great communication in the wide receiver room. Who needs to score in the red zone, right? Fuck, fuck the red zone, right? Uh, you, said, you said no sacks. That's just great defensive posture. You said drops. I love that secondary for New England. 
What you just told me is they have the one of the best defenses that Bill Belichick has ever seen. I'm that's, taking that's jokingly. I'm taking jokingly the Patriots over. Don't write <laughs> down it. <laughs> We're unanimously on the under on that one, Eric. So I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to take the under. I don't want to. I don't want to bet against Bill Belichick. I don't trust the Patriots. Is it because you won head to head last year with the Patriots? You fucking coward. It is because last year <laughs> I rode the the white stallion of the New England Patriots. You coward! Like, like Paul Revere, I rode I rode it to head to head victory. Hey Nick, I will say you're you're kind of like Tom Brady because there will be a rule change this year. You can't pick back to back weeks the same team. Oh, there will be. I don't know. I was just, I was just saying it. No, I, I, I will not support it. that rule change. <laughs> well, I already made that rule change last year while you were doing it. So, <laughs> well, I quit. How about that? <laughs> okay, uh, Eric, your your speaking role just got louder. Oh, great! Yeah, good luck. Yeah, that's not good for anybody. Hey, you're no longer policeman number one on the credits. That's right. <laughs> oh, I number was... three. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that's always been my running joke is like when someone's like, oh, you want me to say something? So I'm I'm not just policeman number one. <laughs> Fucking credits crack me up. All right. So uh, that wraps up. We all have the under. Nick is too scared to actually throw money on it because of some sort of weird obligatory deal with the devil he had last year. We're going to get into last year's third place AFC East team. That is the much maligned Miami Dolphins. They came in at a whopping 9-8 and eight after starting the season 1-7. and seven. This team has felt in tumult for the last four years, and it doesn't seem to be getting better. Brian Flores came in and overachieved with this ball club with two winning seasons in a row. Unfortunately for him, those two winning seasons were just under enough to make him into the playoffs. My man lost his job unceremoniously and unjustly, but it is what it is. He's been replaced by offensive coordinator from the San Francisco 49ers, Mike McDaniel. I don't believe there's an S on that, Eric, if you could fact check me on that. And there's been quite a bit of uh, changes going on. They're traded for Ty Kill. Uh, let me just stop doing this from memory and actually look at the list. All right, so team players lost. Jacoby Brissett went to the Browns, Malcolm Brown to the Saints, Duke Johnson to the Bills, Philip Lindsay to the Colts. Wide receiver Will Fuller, Alan Hearns are both free agents currently. Albert Wilson signed with the Vikings. Offensive lineman Jason, Jesse Davis went to the Vikings. And cornerbacks Justin Coleman went to the Seahawks. And cornerback Jason McCordy retired. Punter Michael Polardi is no longer in the league. With that, we will now get into their additions. They added Teddy Bridgewater, who might be the most valuable backup in football currently. Oh, my goodness. Excuse me. Cardinals running back Chase Edmonds uh, signed with them two years, $12.6 million. 49ers running back Roheem Moster, one-year deal. They signed Alec Ingold, the fullback for the Raiders. Cedric Wilson and Tyreek Hill and Preston Williams all signed with the squad, as well as Trent Sherfield for their wide receiver core. Tight ends Mike Gusecki and Durham Smythe signed. Big-time steal and free agency. Offensive tackle Teron Armstead, five years, $75 million to protect Tua's not blindside because he's a lefty quarterback. Cowboys offensive guard Connor Williams, two years, $14 million. 
And then they had a host of linebacker signings. Sam Aguavion, Landon Roberts, Brennan Scarlett, Duke Riley. And in the secondary, they added Keon Crossan and Sheldrick Redwine. What a fire fucking name. I remember when that kid got drafted like two or three years ago. I love that name. All right, Eric, go ahead and give us the odds for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the over is minus 125. The under is plus 105. And the line has been set at nine. That seems like a very reasonable line. Nick, you want to go ahead and walk us through the schedule? Let's see it. Let's do it. I don't know why I said <laughs> Let's do it. Week one, home against the Pats. Uh, I think we said that was a home. That's a dub. Baltimore, at Baltimore. At Baltimore? At Baltimore, correct. Uh, with, the, with the injuries that the team is recovering from, I think Baltimore loses that game. I'm going to go ahead and give it to the Dolphins. Okay. Home against Buffalo. Loss. Two road games, Cincinnati and the Jets. Mm, split. Huh? You're saying they lose to the Jets, Eric? We'll, we'll get into it when we get to the Jets part. Oh, shit. Eric's on the Jets heavy. Okay. Two home games, Vikings and Steelers. I think they win both of those. Okay. Uh, two road games, Lions and, and Bears. Love to see those road games. Don't even need your opinion on that. Uh, home game Browns week 10. I'm again, I'm going to go dub. The the Brown situation is fucking so hard. Bye week, week 11. Then they come out of the bye week and play Houston at home. (laughs) Next. (laughs) Then they have three road games. Listen to this. Oh no. 49ers, 49ers, chargers, bills. That's three Trip. L's, big fella. Trip L. Uh, then they have two. Then they have the Packers at home. I think late they can win season, that. Late season Packers. You think they win that? I do. Yeah, I don't like the Packers this year. Okay. Then we have at the Pats. Oh, we in, are, in December. Yeah, the Pats win that one. Okay. Then we have the Jets to close out the year. I will defer to Eric. Eric's got another L on the board. We just said the Miami Dolphins are going 11-6 and six this year. Okay, so – all right, let's see. So, Eric said they lose, <laughs> they lose to the Steelers. I just don't see – I don't think the Steelers are as good as they, they were last year. The secondary concerns me in Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin's a terrific coach. Don't get me, don't get it twisted. But a lot of people don't remember the Miami Dolphins defense from last year was outstanding. And all they did was get even better on offense. Um are we just not go, taking I think they go two and I think they go two and five after the bye week. Are we just not taking into account that like there is a lot to prove for Tua right now? I don't think Tua's as bad as everyone says he is. I think beating Tua is a fun horse that people love to ride. But when the dude plays, he plays and wins games. I mean, now, I, I'm going to I'm gonna agree with Jermaine on this one. He he, he kind of is getting kind of the, the, the starting out Kirk Cousins treatment. 
where he has not been that bad to reflect people beating on. Like, you look at him to end last year, he was a fantastic quarterback. Yeah, and people yet were people streaming kept, him in fantasy. Like and yet people kept being like, but he threw for 125 yards in week three. It's like, well, yeah, but now he's he trying to get the – now he's almost getting the Dolphins to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he did do that. He did throw for the 125 in week three. You are correct. Uh, look, yeah. let, let me tell you this. It, there is a game played every week, and you're allowed to have bad games. Like, yeah. uh, you know, like who there are you, Who would you rather have, Eric? Would you rather have Kyler Murray – uh, weeks 12 through 18, or would you rather have two of weeks 12 through 18? I mean, based off the All statistics right. of Sorry, the would day, you but... rather have Kyler Murray post-Call of Duty drop? <laughs> <laughs> or two of the whole season? Jalen Hurts. No, nope, so, you don't get Jalen Hurts. I love the answer. I love that he just picked a whole other quarterback that kind of fits in that conversation right. <laughs> of, of quarterbacks. Right. Like, we're not really sure how to, to judge these guys, but he's just like, fuck it. I don't want Kyler Murray, and I don't want Tua. Are we, are, are we ready to say the Miami Dolphins are an 11-win team? Or a double-digit win team? I think, I think they are. Based how many did they 10, win last year? They won nine last year. And the year before that, they won ten. Like, that's, that's still there. Like, that team is still – I know Brian Flores isn't the coach. But I'm not going to knock Mike McDaniel because they fired Brian Flores. Like, yeah, sure, the owner needs to check himself. That dude's got some fucking dumb shit going on, and I agree with that all day. But this is the best offensive line Tua's ever had. This is the best group of running backs Tua's ever had. This is absolutely the best group of wide receivers Tua's ever had. Like, the defense is still incredibly good. Mike McDaniel runs a – it's going to run that San Francisco offense, which is going to run the football predominantly. They're going to lean on the run game and ask Tua to hit accurate passes. Guess what? We've seen Tua do that with an Alabama team. We've seen Tua – Tua's very first pass that we ever saw him do was in the – what was it, the SEC championship game when he hit that big bomb – when he replaced Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts got hurt, he yep. hit that deep ball. Like, Tua, Tua is not as bad as we were saying. Now, don't get me wrong. The reason why we're bashing Tua is because he was drafted in front of Justin Herbert. So, I will let Eric speak now. <laughs> Eric, what do you have to, that's a bad draft, right? That's the absolute worst draft. Uh, it's, almost yes, like, it, it's almost like my fantasy draft. Yeah, that's, that's what we're saying. So I understand where being down on Tua is. But Preston Williams, damn good fourth receiver. Cedric Wilson, damn good third receiver. Jalen Waddle set the most receptions in a rookie season. And Tyreek Hill is an absolute game breaker. We can all agree on that. Mike Kosecki is a serviceable tight end. We've seen him deliver. Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Raheem Mostert like, there is talent on this ball club, and they went out and secured that offensive line firstly and immediately in conjunction with that Tyreek Hill trade. This Miami Dolphins team is all in. I think they are much, much better than people think they are just because of the narrative around the quarterback. Now, I put my neck out on the line, if, and if Tua fucking blows it, I will be the first one to issue an apology and tell Eric that he is correct. I think it's, is, I, I, I think it's a tale of two seasons here, unfortunately. 
I, they start hot, finish cold. I think so. I I really think like what what's the thing that we harp on every sketch every episode every schedule review? You want to play bad teams away, and you want to have good teams travel to your place, right? Especially with these AFC East teams where they have to tri- take the plane flight down to Miami. I know it's not a separate time zone, but it still is a trip to take it down to Miami, right? Before the bye week, week 11, they play Baltimore, Cincinnati, Jets, Lions, Bears away. Great away schedule. They play New England, Buffalo, Vikings, Steelers, Browns at home. I don't see this as a hard schedule. The problem is week 13 through 17, they play four or five games away. And the one home game they have is the Green Bay Packers. With the away games being San Francisco, the Chargers, the Bills, and the Patriots. Aaron Rodgers doesn't play well in Florida, though. That's So I'm only saying this because that was one of the reasons why when the Saints got hit by the hurricane last year, I forget the name, and we couldn't open the season at home, we had to play in – we decided to play in Jacksonville because Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers – do not play well in Florida. What happened when those Saints played the Packers last year? It was a murder show. Right. I don't even, James Winston didn't throw for 200 yards and had five touchdowns. I think it was 33 to 6, right? Yeah. 30, it, was, it, was it was embarrassing. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, the season's ended differently for both teams. Uh, all I'm asking is do we think the Miami Dolphins win 11 games? What's the, what's the over under, Eric? Nine. The under I, is plus. The under is plus money. God, I don't like that. I don't like any bets here. I, I'm gonna pass. I'll pass on on any Dolphins action. I'm hammering the over. This is a nine win team from last year, and all they did was add talent at key positions. Wait, well, now we got the hottest take coming up for Eric. Eric's ready. He just yawned. He's ready for this take, bro. All right. So, with that being said, we're going into the last place team. They finished last year at 4-13, and 13, the New York Broadway Jets. Let's get into some of their key free agent acquisition and additions. They lost Keelan Cole and Jamison Crowder to the Raiders and Bills, respectively. They lost Ryan Griffin and Tyler Croft to the Bears and 49ers, respectively. On the offensive line, they lost Juvenet Tardif, Morgan Moses to the Ravens, and Van Rotten to the Bills. On the front four, they lost Shaq Lawson to the Bills and Foley Fatukasi to the Jaguars. On the linebacker court, they lost Blake Cashman in a trade to the Texans, and they lost Gerard Davis to the Lions. Safety Marcus May signed with the Saints, and kicker Matt Amendola is no longer with the roster. Let me go ahead and pull up. The next one, they signed Joe Flacco to be a backup, and they signed Mike White as well. Tevin Coleman was re-signed. Braxton Berrios was re-signed. They signed two tight ends, C.J. Uzbaba to three-year, $24 million deal, and Tyler Conklin to three-year, $20 million deal. They signed uh, two offensive guards, Lake Tomlinson, three years, 40 from the 49ers, and Dan Feeney to a one-year deal. Uh, they signed Nathan Shepard to a one-year deal. Jacob Martin came from the Texans on a three-year, $13.5 million deal. And Seahawks cornerback DJ Reed signed a three-year, $30 million deal. And they took a flyer on LaMarcus Joyner and Jordan Whitehead 
respectively, one one year 4.5 and two years 14.5. So that is a drastic overhaul at some very important positions, and they had a very good draft. Eric, go ahead and give us the over-under. Uh, so the over is minus 175. And the under is plus 145, and the line has been set at five and a half. Five and a half for the New York Jets. Here we go. Week one at home against Baltimore. What? Eric, by the way, is holding up a W for all of those of you at home. It's like his microphone stopped working for this portion. He doesn't want he doesn't want his voice on. He doesn't record. want to verbalize it, so we on here say, all right. Home against Baltimore, loss. At I'm, gonna let, I'm, letting, I'm letting Eric pick this one. Go. All right. All right, Eric, you can pick this one. Baltimore. I'm going to say W, but this we should go. At Cleveland. W. Uh, Cincinnati. L. At Pittsburgh. W. Miami. W. At Green Bay, at Denver. LW. New England, Buffalo. WL. By week, week 10, at New England. W. Bears. W. <laughs> at Vikings, at Buffalo. Loss, loss. Detroit, Jacksonville. Lost W. <laughs> at Seattle, at Miami. W L. Eric just told you on this podcast verbally that the New York Jets are going 10 and 7. Wow. All right, Eric. Back it up. What do you got for us? Yeah, justified, Eric, at this point. <laughs> Uh, so I actually think they're going to have the defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner. That was one of their biggest needs last year on defense. Um, I think they're going to have a potential rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year in both Wilson and Brees Hall. I think Brees Hall is going to go in there and uh, immediately be uh, uh, a good-ass running back for them. They plugged uh, some holes in the offensive line. Um, I like Salah as the coach, and I, I actually think Z- Zipper Zaki Will is going to be – better than what we've seen and i actually have them finishing second in the division and i'm riding that out i mean like you know i'm not gonna sit here and give you guys the statistics but that's just a feeling that i have in my nuts and like like i said i i think there's a lot of talent I think there's a lot of young talent that they got that i, I really fuck with and they just fix a lot of holes and i and i can see it being paying off for this team finally does it make you feel good that makai beckton is getting an mri in his knee that did not make me feel good did that happen today <laughs> It did happen today, yes. Oh my god, dude! Well, that changes everything. They're gonna go nine and nine and uh nine and eight now. Nine <laughs> they eight. lose a win. They lose one win. Listen, starting left tackle. That dude is one, one of the win. best left tackles in football. Listen, I I, I think that Vegas. I I think that Vegas is overvaluing this division and undervaluing the Jets. For that reason, I'm going to take the over. I'm tamering the over. I'm just not I do not win. think that there are. <laughs> I don't. I do not. Th- I. I. I'm not ballsy enough as Eric to take a Jets over 500 pick. 
But if I can get Jets five and a half in what I think, in what America seems to think is a strong division and what I know to be a weak division, like I'll take Jets over five and a half. I mean, Jesus, they have a three-game stretch in which they played Detroit, Jacksonville, and Seattle. That's 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 half their win total right there. I I, I look five and a half is too low a line. If you're listening to this podcast, go bet five and a half and then yell at us later when we when we fail you. But right. five and a half for the talent they added to this team. For the budding star Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson is running mate. Denzel Mims is impressing coaches now. They invested at the tight end position, which is a rookie's best friend. CJ Uzama, Tyler Conklin, and Jeremy Ruckert are all there. Jeremy Ruckert was a rookie draft pick this year. You know, the offensive line is a lot stronger than people consider it. And some of the issues they had with their defense last year was injuries. They're getting uh, Carl Lawson back. Hold on. Let me, well, before I say that out loud, let me, <laughs> let me double check where Carl Lawson went. Uh, and just, just to plug in real quick while you're looking that up, fucking um, just with my experiences with coaches in the past and how the coaching tree works, I think this LaFleur dude that was under Shanahan is going to be a good coach. And I think he's going to revolutionize that offense for them. And they're going to be using a lot more of the two-back system, a lot of like a lot of the shit we see with the Niners with receivers – running the ball and pass catching running backs and stuff. I just think it's going to be a, uh, it's going to help the rookie, especially with the tight ends and that offense that they're going to run. Yeah. So I, I was right with the CJ Mosley and Carl Austin coming back. I, look, this, this defense is already marketably improved from last year. Um, what Eric said with the two back system, the Michael Carter and the Brees Hall situation, as long as both of them can work in pass pro, I wouldn't be surprised if they start playing the two back two backs on the field at the same time, two running backs, by fullbacks. So this is this is one thing that I was saving for our, our season preview. Um, I'm starting to see the NFL they're learning their lessons, like workhorse backs, a la the way of Todd Gurley. And they don't last long enough. But I'm starting to see these combo running back positions where they're they're comfortable enough putting both running backs on the field and running a, a new offensive scheme. I don't know what they would exactly call that formation or how they would run it because it would be a lot of a running back in a slot type position. But the Jets have two very good running backs. Brees Hall, like Eric said, when, when we get into props, like I'm going to take his double factor over for rush yards and touchdowns. Michael Carter is a, is a very good passing back, uh, reception back, and he was serviceable as just a running back before. Now, if Robert Sala can learn his lesson and stop fucking using Tevin Coleman, then, <laughs> then maybe the Jets will be even better. But for some goddamn reason, these coaches love Tevin Coleman. Maybe it's because he's fucking their daughter or something. It's unreal. Tevin Coleman hasn't been good for like the last three years, and he keeps finding rosters and situations to play himself into. So I was a big Tevin Coleman fan, but he left the Falcons too long and then got injured and never got his starting gig. So I'm pro Jets over. I don't know about 10 wins. I respect Eric for – saying 10 wins i was high <laughs> on the jets last year and zipper zaku and zipper zaku well i thought he was a very good prospect coming out um i honestly think i might have missed that one based on watching him play last year but i'm not going to hold it against him 
I'm going to let him prove it now. And uh, I think this Jets team is very, very interesting. What player props did you say you wanted from the Jets? Oh, Brees Hall, over 830 and a half rushing yards and over five and a half rushing touchdowns is way too low. We're looking at a player who's about to get 270 rushing touches. Not, not, not touches total. I'm talking about touches. He, they're going to run the football. This is a 49ers offensive scheme. They're going to run the football. They're going to hit those zone stretch runs, and Brees Hall is going to have an absolute field day. So, go ahead. Uh, I was, I was going to say, moving on to player props, uh, one that I like, and we, we talked about it before with the Dolphins, Mike Kosicki, right? I, I don't know why the addition of Stefan or uh, not Stefan Diggs, Jesus, the, the addition of Tyreek Hill is going to hurt Gasicki so much. In he's never start, he's never been a starting tight end for an entire season. He's played in, you know, 16, 15, and 17 games the last three years. But in the last three years, 51 receptions for 570 and five touchdowns. That was in 2019. 2020, 53 receptions for 703 yards and six touchdowns. Then last year, 73 receptions for 770 yards and, and two touchdowns. You may say, oh, that's not great numbers. But you know what those numbers tell me? He, that Tua Tagovailoa trusts Mike Gesicki as his tight end. Are you telling me that he can't, that Gesicki can't put up over 56 receptions, over 625 yards, and over five touchdowns? I don't believe it. I'll, I'll, I'll take the triple over for Mike Gesicki. Yeah, I, look, I, I like the thing. They not they can't focus on him either. So that's why, right. I, you know what I mean? He, he was a focal point of defenses before because that's how little they have. Right. So, I, look, I, I definitely agree with that. This, um, this prop right here is a lot of fun. I don't know if it's going to hit, but Josh Allen's at six and a half rushing touchdowns. And – Six and a half rushing touchdowns, okay? I'm going to probably skip that because I think six is a little high with the James Cook edition. I think there's three running backs there who will take the – who can poach those rushing touchdowns. So I'm going to go ahead and hold off on that. But for those listening – Of note, Josh Allen, in his young career, eight, nine, eight, and six rushing touchdowns every year. Exactly. Yeah. I just think that now when he gets into those situations, it's going to be more of a dump off pass to the run backs. What the Bills have stated from the general manager on down to the head coach is that they want to throw more to running backs, which is why they went out and got James Cook, which is why towards the end of last season, Devin Singletary had like a resurgence and he was actually catching passes. So the six and a half is fascinating to me, but seven is too high a number to where I'm going to stay away from it. But if someone listening is interested in that, that is something that I would like to lean you towards. Um, Looking at some of these other totals, it's fascinating. Garrett Wilson, three and a half receiving touchdowns as a rookie. Does that number not feel low to you guys? I feel like the the three and a half feels low to me. Yeah, so I'm going to take the over receiving touchdowns on that one. Hunter Henry, hammer the over on – receiving touchdowns 
I don't trust anyone else on this Patriots to catch touchdowns. And Damian Harris is going to have a regression in rushing touchdowns. Therefore, I foresee that Hunter Henry will be a more touchdown-dependent tight end streamer through the season for those of you who play uh, redraft fantasy. Uh, you know, this is a multi-headed podcast. No big deal. This number right here, I absolutely love. He no longer sees the primary corners due to the addition of Tyreek Hill. So Jalen Waddle over 85 and a half receptions. When he set that r- rookie receiving total last year, I think now when, when he's not seeing the primary guy and defenses aren't scheming for him because they're absolutely terrified with the game-breaking speed of Tyreek Hill, I think over uh, receptions is fire for Jalen Waddle. And lastly, I'm going to predict a gigantic year from Stefan Dix this year. All right. Stephon Diggs, to me, uh, belongs in the conversation of one of the first wide receivers drafted this year. I understand that Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase have have their adoration, justifiably so. But I'm going with the trifecta from Stephon Diggs. I think he gets the over 1,200.5 receiving yards. I think he gets the over 8.5 receiving touchdowns. And I think he gets the over 99 and a half receptions. And Stefan Diggs has one of those years that we're like, ah, damn. Stefan Diggs absolutely balls. Um, again, fantasy advice for those of you in redraft leagues. Stefan Diggs is an absolutely great target if you get stuck with my least favorite picks this year, the 9 through 12. Stefan Diggs is who I prioritize. I've seen some instances in mock drafts and, and just actual drafts in general where you can walk away with Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams as your starting wide receivers. So Stefan Diggs, in the two years that he has been a Buffalo Bills wide receiver, has not caught less than 103 receptions, has not, not caught less than 1,200 yards, and has not caught less than eight touchdowns. And I think he tops all three of those this year. So I will say, disclaimer, props are incredibly difficult to predict, which that's why you're looking for high-value, low-output props, like the three-and-a-half touchdowns for um, Garrett Wilson. but Because that hinges on him playing a full complement of games. Right? And the NFL is a fickle mistress. We don't know if that's going to happen. So bet props at your own risk. But Stefan Diggs, the trifecta over, especially if you can get a parlay prop, um, I think it's fantastic value across the board. And lastly, I haven't said this out loud yet anywhere. I am taking Josh Allen for MVP. Oh, yeah. I think this year is the year – Josh Allen has a chip on his shoulder. He has a red visor. Just kidding. That's an inside joke. Josh Allen is absolutely pissed off because he lost due to a fickle, unimpressive, silly fucking rule. And the, the fact that his defense has the un, it had the inability of stopping the Kansas City Chiefs offense, which – very many defenses have tried and failed. 
this is Josh Allen's revenge tour. Josh Allen, Josh Allen is getting ready to do something special in the passing game, which is another reason why I am not confident in his rushing touchdown over. But if you can find props on Isaiah McKenzie, if you can find props on Jameson Crowder, if you can find props on Gabriel Davis, if you can find props on Stefan Diggs, I highly advise the over on those four players. Dawson Knox, throw him in there as well. Take the running backs as well. I think this Bills offense is is geared towards Josh Allen's MVP season. Yes, I know Brian Dable left, but I don't think I'm not that concerned. Sean McDermott is still there. Continuity is still there. It's another year with some of the same receivers. Younger and more athletic on the outside. They added another running back into the into the offense to replace the, the absolute travesty that is Zach Moss. I, I think this Buffalo Bills team is poised to be an offensive juggernaut this season. And on the back of Josh Allen, on the back of a 13-4 and four win season, I think Josh Allen wins the MVP. And I think I, I think Eric I think Eric loves to see that because he's pulling for the Bills. So do you know? I really do like. I don't see this. I don't see a weakness on this team, outside of the only thing I would say. And I know we don't speak in hypotheticals on this podcast, but if they can get Kareem Hunt, <laughs> this, that would it, be. A, it's, it's you think we don't speak in hypotheticals on this podcast when you literally declared that Tom Brady was leaving Tampa Bay for San Francisco? You guys don't. I do. I speak in hypotheticals all the time, okay. but. I would love to see I would love to see if that move happens, like let's say week two or three, something happens and, and Kareem just wants out and somehow the Bills make it happen, that's that's a seventeen and 0 team if they don't lose week one to the Super Bowl champs. I don't think they do. I think the trade I, yeah, the trade is not gonna happen. I know. I, no, 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 no. I was saying I don't think they lose to the Rams. Oh yeah. I don't I seventeen and oh. I think Von Miller makes the game when he play in that. That's fucking and he, and he absolutely blows open the the fucking start of the season. And it's, oh, Von Miller eats former Super Bowl winning team, Los Angeles Rams, and then it's all aboard the Bills hype train. Josh Allen goes into Los Angeles and absolutely puts on a show, and he walks out of there yelling, I'm Hollywood, a la Kirk Cousins, you like that. And all of a sudden, we start calling him Hollywood Josh Allen. <laughs> I mean, I love, not, not, not just speaking hypotheticals. <laughs> no, I just wanted to jump on board with Eric. Uh, so uh, there, hey, there, there you hey, go. What well, we didn't do, Eric, and while, and while Jermaine's finishing up, can you look at our division? Our, our, we didn't pick a divisional order for this. Yeah, give me your exact order, and I'll give you the odds on it. Bill's oh, Dolphins. <laughs> Go ahead, Nick. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, man. I would say Bills, Dolphins, Pats, and Jets. Plus 240. Plus 240? Mm-hmm. That's the best. That's the most. That's that's the uh, least odds, I guess. You oh, that say. sucks. <laughs> it's, it's the favorite. I'm actually going to go – I'm pro Jets this year, although I was pro Jets last year jokingly because I thought Zipper Zachy Will was better than he was. I gave him a nickname before he threw a pass. That's on me, ladies and gentlemen. This year, though, I'm going to go Bills, Dolphins, Jets, 
Patriots. That's plus 2,000. Oh, I love that, bro. I think that's Bills, Bills, Dolphins, Jets, Patriots. I think this is the year that the Patriots not paying up for elite talent at certain positions kind of catches up to them. I think the hubris of Bill Belichick catches up to him, and I think they finished last in this division. Eric? <laughs> I got Bills, Jets, Dolphins, Patriots at plus 3,500. You have the Jets finishing second. Look, man, I, look, I, I don't know shit. I don't know <laughs> shit. I don't know yesterday from today. It's all speculation. This is what I'm writing with. I want to see the Jets do good. Hey, man, look, we want you to stay confident behind your shit. Because right. if we're putting it out there for people to listen to, you can't be like, look, man, ow, shit. I'm not saying I don't know shit, but I'm saying, like, time will tell, bro. Who I'm Like, this is what I'm rocking with. I'm rocking with the Jets finishing second in this division. I'm rocking with one of those fuckers winning offensive rookie of the year. And – Let's let's roll with it. Like I fuck the fuck the Patriots. They're clearly struggling right now with everything they're going with and all the reports coming out of camp. And the Dolphins probably are going to finish second, but I'm going to say it's going to come down to one or you know it's going to be one game that separates the Dolphins and Jets, and it could go either way. But I'm going Jets. See if you would have just said all that without saying I don't know. We'll see right. what it is. <laughs> time time will tell. Like it'd be perfectly fine, bro. Like. Nobody is 100% confident in anything we just said on this podcast because there is room for error. There are, controls, there are controls and variables that we cannot manage in sports betting. Yeah. Which is therefore why we enjoy it so much. Yeah. So, I'm confident that 17 and 0, though. All right. Well, then stick to the guns, <laughs> man, bro. That's all I'm saying. If I say, really? The Jets, you go, yes. One of them's winning rookie of the year. You say all you said, and just fucking afterwards, you'd be like, no, I'm real talk. Who knows? But right. <laughs> this, is, this is recorded. This is recorded, sir. <laughs> all right. So Eric's got the fucking upset of the season, and if it fucking hits, I'm going to be ecstatic. First of all, I'm pro Jets. I want the Jets to be good. I don't know why. I think it's just yeah, – let's, let's get that out of the way. Let's get that out of the way. If Eric's scenario happens, good. Dope. We love the Jets. I'm pro Zach Wilson, bro. I was pro Zach Wilson before he fucked your mom. You you sure as hell know I'm pro Zach Wilson now after he fucked your mom. Like, no chance I'm off that train now. Hide your kids, hide your wife. Exactly, bro. But with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap this podcast up. I hope you enjoyed the AFC East preview. It got a little long-winded, but we gave you some good good betting nuggets as always remember the podcast motto fade us uh follow us on instagram and twitter at podcast room 303 i've been your host jermaine colo mendez this has been my co-host nicholas morhan and as always we have with us epe see you next time when you come on down and step into the room <laughs> <laughs>